verses today come from the book of Genesis, chapter 17, and we'll be reading today verses 1 through 8. So if you have your Bible or your phone app with you and you'd like to follow along, please do that. Words will also be on the large screen in front of you. Hear God's word. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you fruit, very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. This is the word of the Almighty God. Thanks be to God. As you heard Philip share earlier in the service, today marks the beginning of a new summer message series here at HRBC called Dear God. We're going to, to learn how to invoke the name of God in our prayers, how to pray the names of God that we find in the Bible. There are over 100 unique names for God throughout the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, over 100 different names. And I've selected five of those names for our series as we go through the rest of the summer. We're going to learn the meaning of these names. We're going to see how they point to God's essential character and nature. And we're going to learn how to pray to God using that particular name. Even though there are over 100 different names for God throughout the Scriptures, we need to remember that we worship one God. Say one God. We worship one God. God revealed God's self as God the creator and sustainer of the universe, God the Son and Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the person of God who gives us the power to do the work of God. So different names, but one God. We need to always remember that. To study the names of God, we've got to get into the original language, get beneath the English translation of the text. And I used to get a hard time for this in seminary. When I was back at the Baptist Seminary, I loved the biblical languages. My friends would give me a hard time because I enjoyed Greek and I enjoyed Hebrew. We had to have a year of each one at the Baptist Seminary, and I, uh, I just really loved it. And I still do today. You all uh, know from time to time I like to bring word studies into the messages. Uh, one such way to understand the meaning of words is to try to look at some illustrations. And one of them for us is very personal as a family, and that's our daughter, Isabella. In 2013, after 13 years of marriage, Melanie and I 
found that we were expecting Isabella. And we had already, we had already been talking names, and we selected the name Isabella for her. Isabella Renee Lee. Renee is Melanie's middle name. Isabella is not a family name or anything. Uh, it means, it's a, a variation of the Hebrew Elizabeth. And in the Hebrew, Elizabeth means consecrated to God. And so our daughter's name means consecrated to God. And the picture you have is when we dedicated her back at New Highland where we were serving. And Reverend Dr. Steve Allsbrook, our director of missions, came and performed that service. And I'll always remember it. So every time we think of Isabella and her name, we think of that being consecrated to God. Another illustration about the meaning of names that's relevant to our church family here at HRBC is just a couple of weeks ago during the Wednesday of Vacation Bible School where we celebrated the life of Nancy Slaughter, one of our members. Nancy fought the good fight of MS, fought the good fight of ovarian cancer, and she won the victory and now she is in heaven. And as I was preparing for her service, I did a little bit of research on the meaning of her name. And I found that the word Nancy is a short version of the word Anna. I think the fancy word for it is a diminutive. But it's just a shorter way of saying a name. And then in a little bit more, I learned that Anna is a shortened name for Hannah from the Hebrew Scriptures. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, who was the prophet who anointed King David. And the word Hannah in the Old Testament Hebrew language means grace. And at Nancy's service, I was able to say that Nancy, her name meant grace, and she lived the calling of her name. Her life overflowed with grace. So I hope that helps you to understand some of what is beneath the words we read. I want to ask you to do something today. I've got a list of names from culture and music and art and just our world. And I thought that I would say these names and invite you in your own quiet to Think of that picture that comes as I say the name. Some you may not know, but others you do. I'm not going to ask you to say anything or do anything other than think an image. Are you ready? Okay. Cinderella. Rembrandt. You can close your eyes if you want. Oprah. Kobe. Lieutenant. Shakespeare. Reverend Pele, Mama, Daddy, Professor, Diana, Bono, Lincoln, Adele, Bonhoeffer, Thea, Shaq, Einstein, Prince, Gump, Tubman, 
Kennedy. Cher. Superman. Gaga. Grandma. Grandpa. Officer. Mickey. Hillary. Trump. Batman. LeBron. Sting. Pikachu. As I was saying these names, just think what image flashed in your mind? Sometimes just one name evokes an entire tapestry of image. That's what it means to get beneath the words of the names of God that are on the pages of Scripture, that when we start to see and understand these names better, that we see that God has made himself uniquely available for every person, for every situation, no matter what. That God is real and active in this world today and meets all of our needs in God's timing. Earlier we heard from the story of Abraham. When he was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. As I've shared in our personal prayers uh, this week, and we're learning today to, to pray throughout the week, God Almighty is a translation of the Hebrew name El Shaddai. And if you're taking notes, you can write that down. We are praying to God Almighty as God Almighty revealed God's self to Abraham, El Shaddai. And some of you might remember that old Amy Grant song from the early 80s on the Age to Age album, that song El Shaddai. The word El in the scriptures, Hebrew scriptures, means God. It's the shortened version of Elohim, which is the very first line of the Bible, in the beginning, God. And if you'll study in particular the Hebrew scriptures, there's no definite article. It says simply, literally, in beginning, God. In beginning, God. Other translations, in the beginning, God, and that's okay too. But God is the author and perfecter of our faith. God is the author of the Scriptures. God is the first name we read. In beginning, God. God, the creator and sustainer of all that exists. We find this word Elohim some 3,400 times in the Old Testament. And then Shaddai is translated in our passage, Almighty. Together, El Shaddai reminds us that God is all-powerful to meet our needs and to fulfill the promises that God has made us according to His timing. El Shaddai is found most often in the book of Job. God Almighty is the one whom was most needed by Job who's suffering so. Like Elohim, Shaddai is the plural. And this does not imply that there are more than one God, but rather refers us back to this understanding that God exists as Father and Son and Spirit, as many theologians say. That is not explicitly stated here in the Scripture, but we understand that throughout Scripture that God has revealed God's self as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Shaddai comes from an ancient Hebrew word that means mountain. And from this we might see God as revealing Himself um, as a powerful God, like the mountains are seen as powerful, like a volcano erupts or like a strong and mighty mountain as uh, Mount Hermon in the Scriptures. 
Mountains are also symbolic of God's provision and God's nurture. God's provision because the water melts off of the snow caps and comes down into the river system. And also is nurturing us because the word in the Hebrew, Shaddai, comes from a word in the Hebrew, Shaddai, that also refers to how a mother nurses an infant. It's powerful when you can see not the majesty of God, the power of God, and also the nurture of Almighty God. And when God invited Abraham to walk in relationship with him, God reaffirmed the promise that both Abram and Sarai, Abraham and Sarah, that though they were both well beyond childbearing age, that they would have a son and that, they would make, that God would make Abraham the father of many nations. And as Christians, we know that this promise was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ who came as Savior and Lord. Abram was so overwhelmed in the presence of God that he fell face down and worshipped. He heard the continued promises of God and heard what God had asked him to do and he acted in obedience. He went forth and followed through with those things that God asked him to do. And you can read the rest of the chapter for the details, but our main focus today is to know that God is the Almighty. God is powerful and great. God loves us and cares for us and provides for us and sustains us in our lives. People can trust that God is with us no matter what. That God is ever present in a time of trouble. Even in this broken and dark world in which we live today, a time when evil seems to have the upper hand that God is powerful and nothing is impossible with God. That love overcomes all evil. This week, I want to encourage you to pray to the Almighty God. Pray El Shaddai in the evening. Pray El Shaddai in the noon, in the morning. Pray El Shaddai in the noon hour. Pray God Almighty throughout your day. Invoke the powerful name of the God who provides and sustains no matter what. The song, Amy Grant's song reminds us, age to age, God is still the same by the power of the name El Shaddai. Through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham. Through the power of your hand, turn the sea into dry land. To the outcast on her knees, you were the God who really sees. And by your might, you set your children free. We praise and lift you high, El Shaddai, God Almighty. When you and I pray to God Almighty, when we pray to El Shaddai, there are some things that happen in our prayers. We feel the power and the presence of God, and we can articulate the words, nothing is impossible with God. So in your bulletin, there are some things that I'd like to share with you that can help you to pray throughout this week to the Almighty God. That when we invoke the name of God Almighty, El Shaddai, when we invoke this name, we pray to the God who creates and sustains the universe. We're acknowledging this in faith, that God, you have created all things, and that you sustain me, that you sustain us. And as we are praying that evening, morning, noon, throughout the day, we invoke the name of the God who creates and sustains a covenant with his people, that God is a promise maker, not a promise breaker, that God never 
breaks his promises, that God will never abandon us or forsake us, that he sustains a covenant with us. The same covenant that God made in, with Abraham was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And we as Christians understand that. Third, we invoke the name of the God who meets our needs. As God provided manna from heaven, as God provided water from the rock, as God provided quail from the earth to sustain the people, as Jesus told his disciples to pray, give us, Lord, our daily bread, God provides for us and meets our daily needs. It might not be everything we want, right? But God provides all we need. And I've always said this, if God gives you an assignment through the church that God's going to meet those needs, God is going to give you and me the tools that are necessary to fulfill that promise that he has made to us. He always does. We also pray to the God, we invoke the name of the God who keeps his promises, not only sustains this covenant, but keeps his promises for us. Our God is a good God. And we invoke the name of the God Almighty for whom nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. The preacher said it's just one of those statements that is true without its context. Think about it. Yes, it appears in Scripture, but this phrase, nothing is impossible with God, is true outside of its context. We can just say it. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. The preacher said, you can put it in a bottle and throw it into the sea and it'll wash up on a distant shore and the phrase, nothing is impossible, is still true. You can embroider it on the pillow and put it in every nursing home and visitors will come in and say, nothing is impossible with God in that embroidery and it is true outside of its context. You can write that down on a slip of paper and put it beneath your pillow at night as you go to bed and wake up and read it again and it is true outside of its context. Nothing is impossible with God. Pastor, what about my struggles? What about the things that I don't understand? And I don't mean to trivialize it, but if we could simply understand that nothing is impossible with God. We can write it with Crayola in every orphanage. We can put it on Facebook and send it to our friends. And outside of its context, nothing is impossible with, with God is the absolute truth. Pastor, our adoption fell through at the 11th hour, but we're going back again because we got a call. Nothing is impossible with God. Pastor, my friends are telling me that he's not worth keeping. And I made a vow to him and he... He said he's sorry and we're going to counseling. We're going to give it a shot even though my friends say to get out. We know that if God could raise a dead man from the grave that God can resurrect our marriage. Nothing is impossible with God. Our son stole from us. Our son used our credit cards. Our son overdrew our checking account. Our son stole his grandfather's medication while he was in the hospice bed. How can I forgive that? Yet nothing is impossible with God. The pastor has announced his retirement. The people were on the threshold of a multi-million dollar building program. Now what are we going to do? 
How are we going to pay for it? The economy has not yet recovered. Maybe we should put it off until a new pastor comes. Maybe then he can lead us and several years down the road we'll be in that new building. And you all here at HRBC said, no, it's not about the man. It's about our God who is almighty. Nothing is impossible with God. And you followed through on that $3.2 plus million dollar building expansion and renovation. And the commons area that we have today was able to minister to the Maples family and the Dombo family yesterday in a way that we could not have done a number of years ago. Nothing is impossible with God. It is true outside of its context. It is a statement of faith and hope in the God who is the God Almighty. But it has a context. In the next chapter, after God spoke to Abraham, there's the word, is anything too hard for God? This is the one place where we find that text, nothing is impossible with God. This couple is beyond childbearing age and a messenger from God comes along to them one day in their tent and says, I'm coming back about this time next year and when I arrive, your wife Sarah will have a son. She laughed. You've got to be crazy. Are you kidding me? But then they named the son Isaac, which meant laughter. And it seemed funny to her. And from Isaac came the nation we call Israel People who were enslaved, persecuted, murdered, ostracized, made fun of, bullied, unwelcomed. And yet Israel and the ways of Israel and what the way that God worked through them has been the basis for a moral and ethical society. You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind and your heart and your soul and your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The Ten Commandments, they came through this family. And in Luke, we find it again. To Sarah and Abraham, the angel said, nothing is impossible with God. And to Mary, a teenage girl from Nazareth, unmarried, she had been pledged to marry the son of a carpenter by the name of Joseph, the father, and they were not yet married. And a messenger comes along to her and says, you are going to have a child, but I don't have a husband. And the angel said, you are going to have a child, and he is going to bless the world. And she did. And in spite of the fact that he was mistreated and despised and rejected and made fun of and mocked and spat upon and whipped and executed, wherever he goes, people's hearts are filled. They become kind and generous. People will repair their, own, their, their neighbor's roof when their own is leaking. People of faith will empty their pockets for other people's children. We will love our enemies. We turn the other cheek. We go the second mile because the messenger said, you are going to have a baby and you will name him Jesus. He will change the world. She says, I don't understand. And the angel said, nothing is impossible with God. If the Lord could give a child to an old couple well beyond their childbearing years and change the world, if God could give a baby to a teenage girl in northern Israel and change the world, then why would I give up God? Why would I give up? Why would I ever shrug my shoulders and say, Meh. 
Why would I give up hope? Why would I doubt? Why would I wonder? Why would I despair? I hope that I have learned my lesson that nothing is impossible with God. I hope and pray that as you go through this week invoking the name of God Almighty before you say amen, before I say amen, that we will say with hope and with faith, nothing is impossible with God. Let's pray. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God of Sarai. God of Mary, Joseph. God Almighty, El Shaddai, help us to embrace the truth that is true outside of its context, that nothing is impossible with you. God, help us to learn to pray the name of God Almighty in the evening, in the morning, and in the noonday sun. Even when we don't understand the things that happen around us and to us, that in faith and with hope that we can exclaim in our prayers, nothing is impossible with God.